just like you, you guys bring up that we don't play defense, we start playing defense where our offense is great, then, then our offense is struggling. We shot four from uh, 32 from the three-point line uh, tonight. I thought that the looks that we were getting for good looks, the ball did not go in. They are definitely a contender uh, for a reason, and they, they have a good record. Us playing uh, close games three out of uh, four times, just, just like you said, I think it uh, says a lot about resiliency of our group and then potential that we have on this team with, uh, with our guys getting more experience in those games and they're going to have very good film off of this, what was good, what we need to do better offensively, defensively, I think it's going to help us uh, next time we see them. Tuesday mornings, fan morning show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brian Gunning. It's a process for the Raptors. It's it's a process for Trust myself it. as well. Um, welcome to the first day of the rest of my life, Brian. We'll get to the Raptors in just a second. Sure. I have something to share with you. Okay, I'm excited. I always love when the show begins like this. Uh, okay. So, um, I've been living the last, like, month, month and a half, two mm-hmm. months with, it was, like, not quite, it wasn't a hundred percent discernible, but I knew something was wrong. Okay. <laughs> Every morning when I would take a shower, okay. the the flow was like Uh-oh. it wasn't quite right. Okay. And I was it was like it was not extreme to the point where like I need to get this fixed immediately. But eventually, it got to the point yesterday where I was like, I gotta call, I gotta call a plumber. A like, I, I gotta. Yeah, man, I, like, I, I live here, but I should call a man. To well, the house. I tried to do the like, I I can handle this. Like, What'd you low, do? I looked at YouTube mm. and I was like, well, what could the issues be? And I, you know, took the faceplate off. Yeah. The, I mean, so I, I was done. looking into the That's guts exactly of the thing, and nothing looked like it mm. looked uh, on YouTube. So I was like, hey, you know, it's gonna be bad if I, if I make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> Right, like time it, for a guy. You know, you know what's bad? Having a low flow shower head. Mm-hmm. What's worse is having no shower at all. So I was like, you know what? Let's just leave it to the professionals. Okay. They came, no judgment. Fixed the issue mm-hmm. in thirty minutes, mm-hmm. and for the first time in two months, yeah, I had a proper shower this morning. I, 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 I can't believe I lived the way I did mm. for the last two months. So if I feel different, and maybe I don't, but maybe it's just maybe it's not expressing itself through me. Just know that I feel like a different human being than the one that existed for the last two months. This is the first day of the rest of my life. Okay, c- congratulations to you. Uh, congratulations to your family that you now have a shower that, that works. I would have immediately gone to the the only move I would have had there is to do what you did, to take the head off and go. Okay, well, there's not like you know, a clump of gunk in there. Mm. I don't know what to do beyond this point. The only other move I would have had, and this is like, I don't even know if they tell you to do this anymore, but I remember when I was a kid seeing like commercials for CLR and it was like dunk the, right. oh, dunk the head what in there it, to get there rid of it. Was there a more satisfying commercial right. than you that? Right, you see a shh fizzing yeah. off. <laughs> Outside of those two yeah. moves, I would have had nothing. No, it wasn't the shower head, Brett. Okay. It was the no, no. It I was understand. The valve. It I, was the valve. Okay, and once the mixer, yeah, one. the mixing valve. Okay, I got to be honest. They could have told you anything, uh-huh. and I feel like you would have bought it. And then you yeah. giving me that information yeah. third hand. Who am I to argue yeah. with plumbing guy out there? Mixing valve, sure, it's a thing. Yeah, I believe them. Speed holes. Yeah, no, it was oh, whatever. Okay, Wha- whatever it was. I'm really proud of. I'm I'm proud of that plumber. I was about to say I'm proud of you. You no. just called the guy. Proud it's of just, that guy. I'm all always so and happy for you i'm so impressed by people who like do things either like create things or like oh there was yeah. not a thing yesterday and now there's a thing because i'm like work construction i created yeah. that or actually fix things like plumbers as opposed to us who just we do create nothing no. like it's all oh, gone well hold hold on we you know we create in the moment yeah. like we create moments for people 
We Spe- get special moments. Here's what I say. I disagree with that a little bit, you know, not to compare because they're again, like doing actual work. And I just get in the take chamber and create takes. That's what I do. I get in the take chamber and I get my takes ready uh-huh. and I give them all to you. I feel the same way. We've talked about this. You, you know, not to uh, re-embarrass you on air, but it's like you have regaled us with the tale of trying to change your tire and then going, oh, yeah. we're not doing this. Yeah, this which bad. again is just I so much worse. more manly stories. Which is here. just so much worse than just going to the tire right, place of off course. the hop. Of course. But I'm trying to rectify this. Like, I am as unhandy as they come. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I also, young child, I'm not, not I also am a young child. Like you, I have young children. Just mm-hmm. one though. I have one young child. And I'm just giving him... Hammer, tools, mm-hmm. get comfortable banging and clanging on stuff because I never was as a child. And, I, you know, I'm not telling them to just go to town on the drywall or anything along those lines. But it's like I'm trying to rectify this because I don't want there to be. Yeah. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I got bad news for it's, you, though. It's hereditary. Like, there's never in the history of, of humankind been like the child who's been more handy and manly than the dad. Like it's, it's only- happening. <laughs> I'm, uh, no, no. So we're breaking. <laughs> we're breaking cycles I here. I have. You've seen me golf who will not slice like me sure? for those of you who've seen me play hockey who will not skate like me mm. and for those of you the none of you who exist because it's never happened who have seen me swing a hammer mm-hmm. he's going to do it better than me so we're we are breaking cycles and i i will throw it in your face yeah i mean it'll just be shameful to me for my own lack of abilities when a you know 11 year old is handier than i am yeah. but it's going to happen best and of then luck. i'm going to say in your face ben ennis yeah best and then luck. you're going to say can he help me ungunk right. my shower? <laughs> I'm going to go, no. I raised him to do that for me and paying customers only. Yeah. More likely he's, yeah. Okay. He's he's going to give it a go, but uh, he's going to end up in the place that we we all end up. Hiring which is, a guy. Yeah. Talking to a, a person that can actually do the job. And so awkward. Exchanging money for, for services. Goods and services. Yes. Yep. Services in this case. Well, no, but goods as well. There was a part involved. I imagine he had to replace some no. type of, no, he just, he just, mm-hmm. was, he just looked at it, gave mm-hmm. it a stern look and said, Valve, mm-hmm. do That's your right. thing. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. like, maybe you need a new part. He's like, nope. Turns out, not a new part. But anyways, I, I can have showers again, so congrats just, to me. I'm happy for you. Um, Shower off that wraps loss? Or? Yeah. I mean, was that the segue? Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Sure. What, you got a better one? No, no, no. No, that's fine. Uh, Raptors lose four consecutive. They're- they start anew, except they didn't yeah. because they lose all the time. Yeah, it's a process for the Raptors. You know what I was reminded of? Uh, do you follow Drill on, on Twitter? I do. Yeah. I do. I mean, People who are on Twitter, I think you have to know who Drill is, And right? if you're not, the idea of us explaining it to you right now, there's no way I that you would like, continue sorry. to listen to the show. Right. No, it's just like you want to sound unhinged and crazy. Yeah. It's like there's this guy who <laughs> tweets out funny things, like, yeah. and there's no way you could give an example that makes any sense right no, now. No, but here's the, the, the Drill tweet yes. I was thinking give about to me. yesterday and watching this Raptors team, again, come up with a valiant effort against a good team but fall short. Uh, I'm not mad. Please don't put it in the newspaper that I got mad. Okay, I'm I'm not I'm not mad. I know it's a process, and I and I know where we were not too long ago with the lack of future for this team and the frustrating losses. So at least there's a future. There's still the frustrating losses. Actually, that was a throwback loss, right? Mm. Because that that was a team that actually for the first time since the trade locked down defensively uh-huh. against the team with the best net rating in the NBA. They just went long stretches of time without being able to score. Didn't make a three in the second half, made four total. Is one of the worst three-point shooting performances in franchise history. This has been, since the trade, one of the best three-point shooting teams in all of the NBA. 0-10 oh, against their own division. I, I mean, good 
thing for them that they, they don't have the Celtics again on the schedule. That's it. They're they're done with their season slate against the best team in the Eastern Conference. Um, so yeah, there was the positive of of locking down defensively for the first time. This was one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA before yesterday's game since the trade. Again, we'll talk to Michael Grange about where they go from here. But yeah, uh, it, you got to I guess take the bigger picture view of this Raptors team and wins and losses isn't everything. Um, it, it, it would be nice to have a few more though. Yeah, you could win that. You could win that game. It's not the end of the world. And look, like we can go back and relitigate the Lakers game and talk about the moral victory that was the hard-fought, valiant loss against the Clippers the the very next night when you actually did finally get the whistle. But then that Jazz game still still happened. Hey, so did the Warriors game. It's a, it's a confounding team. Warriors lost yesterday with Draymond yep. Green to a John Morant, Desmond Bainless, mm-hmm. Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, they might be uh, capital C cooked yeah. uh, is what might be going on in, in golden state and you know i wouldn't i wouldn't at all uh take joy in the downfall of the warriors era no 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 not me in really? ter- who roots against steph curry though? uh me me lebron james fan who my favorite picture forever when steph curry retires and everyone's pe- posting all their favorite steph curry stats mm-hmm. you know what i'm gonna picture in my head because i'm not that petty to actually like tweet it or put it on instagram but in my head i'm gonna picture that shot of lebron walking behind the basket looking back at him like how dare you even look at me like mm-hmm. he's a son so that's the way i'm gonna look at it but anyways keeping it on the raptors here i look at it as a team that yeah i mean you if you want to take the long-term pragmatic view you can sit here and talk about the moral victories or the fact that they showed they were able to finally play some defense or the fact that they're not going to shoot it that bad that was their worst shooting performance since 2013 mm-hmm. from deep some of the guys that were on that team alan anderson landry fields sebastian telfer quincy ac and yeah like you know DeRozan and lowry were here but it doesn't feel as long ago if i say those guys so just think about the era of raptors basketball that that was that's been how long it was since they were that dreadful from deep that is not sustainable we see positive regression we see negative regression you're going to see regression to the mean in the next game for the raptors there but it is also proof positive once again that this is a upper echelon team in the NBA that what you the Celtics are yeah that yeah. you can hang with but ultimately you're just not there yet and that is why I think this team continues to be stuck in quicksand I'll say it again until I'm blue in the face you got to make your Pascal Siakam trade it's just in this stasis of waiting and figuring out what it's going to be you cannot have hard and fast understanding of what this group is until you know what it's going to look like without Siakam. Because I refuse to believe he's part of the long-term picture luxury tax, paying him. We've we've done it ad nauseum. We'll do it with Grange again. But I just look at it as you have to move on from Siakam so you can actually have a full picture of what this team looks like with the new guys involved and what it's going to look like in the years coming forward. Yeah, so Jason Tatum is 25, Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not 35. No. Um, that Celtics team, and you know, there was no Jalen Brown yesterday. There's no Yaka Pearl for the Raptors, too. So, like, same, same. Yeah, exactly the same. So, and Gary Trent Jr. So, really, like, Raptors worse. Yeah. And, yeah, no Gary Trent Jr. who had uh, flu-like symptoms. And the Raptors were outscored by 36 from beyond the arc and were still in that game in the dying minutes of the fourth quarter. So, I mean, that that's that's nice. That's all well and good. I, I And... There's certainly like I I still do the trade again obviously mm-hmm. obviously obviously and there's there's a little bit more of a direction with this team and you can understand there's a three there's a three player core now that is, is Scotty Barnes Emmanuel quickly and R J Barrett who didn't hit 
his threes yesterday, but yeah, he wasn't going to shoot over 50% from three. He still had a high shooting percentage, but it was 10 of 15 from the field yesterday. Like that's, that's, you feel good about that core, mm-hmm. but like, where does this end up ultimately? It's supposed to, you, the goal is always a championship, right? Like championship, like Masai Jerry, he's not in it to, to be a four seed in the Eastern conference, no. be outside of the play in tournament one day and win around in the Eastern conference. He's in it to win it all. What, like, how how does that happen necessarily? And I know, yeah, it, the, things can change in a heartbeat in pro sports. I get it, I get it, I get it. And, you know, I think you, you're more likely to find that that change um, as far as the Eastern Conference pecking order when it comes to the Philadelphia 76ers because mm-hmm. Joel Embiid yep. is like, you know, an injury away from missing a whole season. We know this guy is, is not the, 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 the picture of uh, durability. Mm-hmm. But with that Celtics team, and I, they haven't won anything. Right under this regime, but it just it it feels like that's that's a pretty immovable object in front of you, not just in your conference, but in your division that is not old, like mm-hmm. not nearing the end of of its tenure here, and is going to be something that's in front of you throughout the tenure of Scotty Barnes, R.J. Barrett, and Emmanuel Quickly. Yeah, and the other thing is, at least for the ha- first half of that tenure, you, or what you hope is from the Raptors' perspective, the Bucks aren't going anywhere. I mean, like, we can sit here and quibble about what exactly they are, but it's a big-time speed bump, at the very least, for whatever this this Raptors team thinks it's going to be. You know, the other thing I think about with this core and the way it's all coming together, and, you know, we can look at numbers outside of just shots, like there's usage rate, there's touches, but if you just look at shot allocation, last night of the, you know, to put it in Leafs terms, of the core four on this Raptors team, throwing Mm. Siakam in there, Barnes took the least shots uh, of the group, you know, and it wasn't because he was handling the offense last night. He he finished just a handful of assists, just 10 points, and I think that it is far from a worry. This isn't me like, oh, capital C concern here, something along those lines, but it's something to keep tabs on that However you feel about quickly, and I think we all have quickly come to love him, quite frankly, and what he's given to this Raptors team. Mm. Barrett has been a breath of fresh air. However you feel about those guys, this team is only going to go as far as Scotty Barnes is good. Mm -hmm. Like, Scotty Barnes being the second best player of those three is never going to amount, or I shouldn't say he's never going to amount, but this Raptors team is never going to amount to nothing if he is not the lead dog and one of the, you know, face of the league, whatever Darko wants to call him. And that is another reason why I think you need to move on from Siakam so you can figure out exactly how those three fit together. And I don't have the issues or concern about the fit that I do with Barnes and Siakam, quite frankly, but... I also think you don't want Barrett and Quickly to get too comfortable with a pattern of play that diminishes Scotty Barnes to a certain extent. And I think we've seen that. Not I don't I don't want to overstate this. This isn't them icing them out. This isn't them going, hey, we came from New York. It's mm-hmm. our team. We'll freeze out Scotty. That's not happening here. Mm-hmm. But I you want Scotty to be the tip of the spear. And since the trade, I don't know that he's necessarily been that guy. Well, and and Michael Grange rightly pointing out that Scotty Barnes is being asked to do different things defensively with no OG and He's in that OG role now as the stopper, which sure. is a big, big ask. Again, I'm not mad. Please don't put it in the newspaper that I'm mad. <laughs> it's still great, right? Good times. Good, good times. Despite the four consecutive losses, they've hung in there against good teams and, you know, moral victories. We're still in moral victory land. Mm. But is there a point, Brent, at which the, the losses pile up to such a degree that, that you know, it's, it's hard not to view the trade differently. Man, I'm not a weather vane with this thing. Mm-hmm. Be clear. I'm not mad. Please don't put it in the newspaper. I'm mad, okay? But is there a point where, like, yeah, I might be mad? I think you... I think if this is a team that... 
I think the only way I'll, I, I'm not going to get inside of your head. I already got way too far inside there yeah, hearing d- about d- your shower this mad. morning. Okay, you mad. Is, you there, mean, is there a point where you get mad? Yeah, it's it's if Pascal Siakam is not traded in, in due time. That's yeah. the only thing that can make me mad, quite so frankly. Like if they lose every game from here okay. until the end of the season. I think that, that, that would I think that would prove positive that maybe the trade isn't quite as good as we yes. all thought. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think that this team, the wins and losses are not what's going to matter. But I need to see a clearer path forward, a clearer direction. And unless someone's going to come out and just put it in the paper that uh, they're now a luxury tax team to be in the play-in tournament, then we need to move on from this vision where they're going to re-sign Pascal and try to find another window to trade him after having this when he's even older and there's more money owed to him. It just doesn't seem like it makes a lick of sense to me. So that's the thing that will make me frustrated is if they, again, tap dance and bide their time and say, oh, we got to see what it looks like when Pirtle gets back. Because again, he's not going to be what changes this one way or another. That's the thing that would make them print in the paper that I'm mad, even mm. though I don't want them to, is that Pascal Siakam is still a Raptor after the deadline. Yeah, you got to beat the bad teams. Like, I, I don't fault you for losing to the Boston freaking Celtics, who are a juggernaut, right? Especially at home. I know it was a road game. That's kind of why I liked the Raptors and the points yesterday. Mm. That was incorrect. Um, but yeah, They're like close. that's... They almost covered. You're not at the same point in your development as the Boston Celtics. You're, you're allowed to lose to the Celtics, just like you're allowed to lose to the Clippers on the road, mm-hmm. the back end of back-to-backs. And another game that was yep. super impressive that they were hanging in late in that game uh, without Pascal Siakam or Jakob Pertl in that game. Lakers, to a lesser degree, okay, and you got screwed by, by the officials in that game. And Utah was going through an incredible run where they were dismantling the Milwaukee Bucks, and that looks like a team that boy, is going to be adding at the deadline instead of looking forward to next year or a couple of years down the line. Okay, the problem is that you look at the schedule, there's mm-hmm. not a lot of those, like, garbagey teams. You get you get Memphis w- without Jaw, who should be one of those beatable teams. You got Chicago, who's above you and in a playing tournament position after the Miami game, which is a bit of a respite. I mean, a huge game coming up on, on Saturday at MSG against OG Ananobi and the uh, New York Knicks. But, like, after that, it's... Clippers again. It's Atlanta again. Okay, you got Houston, and there's just like not a long stretch of games where there's there's winnable games that that are like obviously scheduled wins. But yeah, if they if they go if they start losing some of the games that they they lost in the OG Ananobi era to like a Charlotte mm. or something, that's when I will start to rethink my 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 thought process around this trade. But I, there's as much as it sucks that. You know, you you find yourself now ten games under five hundred and tied for the sixth worst res- record in the mm-hmm. NBA, which six is should be, you know, there should be alarm bells ringing in, six, your, yeah. in in your head when you hear uh, bottom six record in the NBA because yeah, that first round pick that is owed to the San Antonio Spurs is top six prote- protected, and as we mm-hmm. talked to Michael Grange a number of weeks ago, that is a first round pick that you want to convey this year because this is the crappy draft year, mm-hmm. and you want, if it doesn't convey this year, it means you got to give it to him next year, so you'd rather just get it out of the way. Um, as much as it hurts to lose continually and and feel, you know, that, that you're accumulating good vibes on the strength mm-hmm. of moral victories, I understand it. That, that this, is the, this is a Celtics team that could win a championship this season. you got to beat the lesser lights, though, when and if they ever appear on your schedule. 
Yeah, I think that's the that's the problem is there's just not the soft landings for it. I mean, you, you highlighted it. I go to a stretch early in February that they have to look to when they can get some quasi-easy games. You got in Charlotte, at home to the Rockets, at home to the Cavs, at home to the Spurs, you know, at home to the Pacers. That's far from an easy game. At home to the Nets, not as much. Then you have the Hawks, the Pacers, and then it kind of gets tough with the Mavericks in there again. But this is the problem is that because of the way the NBA team is right now, because of the way the Raptors schedule has found themselves at this point in the year is that that's kind of the make or break point of their season, not for make or break, but to actually put some wins in the win column here. Because I think we can sit here and every night we can have the conversation about, okay, no one's going to like, no one in the world wakes up mad that the Raptors lost to the Celtics last night. No, especially when you look at the three point shooting and how close the game ended up being, you, you actually say, well, they play that game 50 more times. Wow. The Raptors are able to win. Yeah. I don't know, the problem is of them. that they had a game very similar to that one on Friday against the Kings, mm-hmm. which like the Kings scored. A, they were like perfect from yep. three point land and the Raptors were still in that game and lost it. Yeah. And I think that that is why I think there is a segment of the fan base that will see that and say, okay, the tough losses, that is going to be enough for me this year because nothing is going to material change, materially change in terms of whether it's the top six, whether it's the play-in, who really cares in the grand scheme of things what's going to happen. But I think the thing you need to avoid is the scar tissue with this group where they get used to losing, where they That's get it. used to saying, ah... Good job by us. Yeah. Shots weren't falling, and we kept it within 10. Well, that's it. Like, go back to the OG Ananobi Raptors. And sorry that, like, you, you, I have to phrase it that way, but that's okay. Okay, the pre-trade Raptors. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what came first. It's chicken and egg thing. Um, the Raptors won game one of the season against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, this was not a season in which they were expected to be as bad as they were before that trade. And what happened first? Like, did they run out of vibes? Because they weren't playing well? Or were they not playing well because they had no vibes? I will say that, like, I think as the losses continued to mount and the number of first-half deficits that they faced, I think everybody did kind of look around and say, okay, well, we all know this is not sustainable and somebody's going to be out of here. Yeah. And and the vibes got way worse. Like, R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel, quickly seem like really upbeat dudes, but, like, they're only humans if this if – this losing streak, you know, reaches six, seven, eight, nine, ten games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all. It's going to be very difficult for them to still put on a brave face and say, yeah, it's about process over hmm. results here. Maybe I take it back. If my actual goal, and like this, is unfair to the player. I don't. This is not a knock on him. I mean, it is to a certain extent. If he was better, he could be the best player on his team, and then I wouldn't have an issue with it. But you know, this is a little unfair to Pascal Siakam. But maybe I need them to lose so much that there's impetus to not just sit here and okay, we'll slow play this thing out. If Masai is a believer in quickly and RJ and Scotty Barnes is this group, I don't think he wants to let this kind of losing fester. So maybe I'm actually sitting here, short-term pain, long-term game of like, if they continue to go on runs like this where, hey, it's close and they gave it their all, does that force Masai to act a little sooner? And yeah. sorry, I, I should probably include, you know, the general manager of the team, Bobby Webster. I suppose he'd hop on well, the phone as the, well. The, the thing about the Pascal trade, and I agree that it should be made, and this is more evidence to to... It's more fuel to that fire that, yeah, you got to make that move. I don't know if there's a Pascal Siakam trade that makes you better today, right? Like it is, it's a move that, that 
that you need to make because you can't afford to lose them in the offseason. You don't want to give them the max and like, okay, maybe it makes them a more tradable asset. You can't kick the can down the line any further. Like you, this, this, you're almost to the next era entirely of Raptors basketball. There's one guy standing in your way and that's, that's part of the reason you got to move. I don't, and all the trade permutations I've seen considering Pascal Siakam's contract uncertainty and the acquiring team maybe not being 100% sure that he's going to resign with them, that the return is not going to be, it's not going to be an Emmanuel quickly no. type, right? And and that was a weird circumstance because OG's also a pending free agent when he opts out of his deal, but we yeah. all know. Free agent, yeah. Yeah, we all know, considering the relationship between the agent and uh, Leon Rose there mm-hmm. in New York, that he will be re-signing in, in New York. Um, we, we think because tampering definitely doesn't exist in the NBA. Right. Yeah. I, I just, the, you, you're probably going to get worse this season in trading away Pascal Siakam. I, I think there's a world where the roster gets worse and there are nights where you miss Pascal, but I think there will be just as many nights where the pecking order is just a little clear. It's an odd thing to say about a team that can't, win a game seemingly right now, but they almost have one too many good guys in that. Like if they're again, if it was a much more certain Scotty Barnes is so clearly the lead dog and then Siakam and then RJ and quickly are, are your complimentary pieces to them. There's a world where this makes sense, but there is enough. And I, I don't say this is actual infighting, but it's just there. We can sit here and have the debate over any given night, which guy should be the number one option, two option, three option, four option. You don't think they're doing that inside their own heads. And then you throw in the fact that it's a young coach who's trying to build up a system and, you know, not to say he's putting Pascal Siakam on the outside. I don't think he would, you know, try to do that or go out of his way to do that. But I also think that he knows when he hopes he's still coaching this team. And I think he would be in two or three years time that, Pascal Siakam is almost certainly not going to be a part of it. So why would he be making a focal part of what's going on now if Darko was brought in, yes, to win some games, but mostly to develop and, and to build. So I just keep looking at it as I don't think it'll be a true addition by subtraction because that oftentimes makes a guy sound like a malcontent or he's mm. the problem. And I don't think that's the case with, with Siakam. I don't think he's been overly happy with the way things have played out, but I don't think he's been some malcontent. But I also think that you can potentially just get a more certain version of Scotty Barnes. And that's the thing that I've liked the least. I've loved a lot since the trade, but I've I've really disliked how uncertain it seems like Scotty Barnes in his, his role. Part of that is the defense is being asked to play, but also part of it is that this was a team that had no guards who did anything for Sorry, Dennis Schroeder, you were the only one. And now all of a sudden you got quickly in Barrett. And guess what? They're, they're handling the ball a lot more. And that just naturally is going to change Barnes' role specifically in the offense. So 15 and 25, force, uh, force rate loss for the Raptors. Uh, doesn't get any easier either tomorrow as Kyle Lowry and the Miami Heat come to town, uh, the defending Eastern Conference champs. So, so good times. Um, but I'm not mad. And please do not put it in the newspaper. You know what? Mad. You know what people are putting in the paper, though? Uh, and they're also putting it in the text line telling you to be quiet because they're all bragging that they're handier than their dads uh, via YouTube. YouTube has taught oh, the people. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So oh. just letting you know, like our loyal listeners, mm. including my guy who is somehow always working in a dirty, wet pit at this time of the morning <laughs> and having access to a phone to text in. They're all letting you know uh. that if you want to, and again, not you, die is cast on you and I, 
you, there will, there is a chance that our children become handier than us. I, okay, we think with the proliferation of AI, like they'll be Not handier because like AI. their their robot AI butler will be yes. yeah doing the things for them, right? Robot like no AI yeah. butler. No, I I think our yeah children will definitely be doing more things for themselves, not relying on technology. No, that's that sounds right. I definitely think I like I actually am going to go as far as to say I have failed as a parent if my child is not handier than I. Mm. You know, you're I mean, not, is that just because you're starting at the basement? Like you, you can't be oh, yeah, less cause handy because you're, you're so handy. No, I listen. Why are you getting defensive? Because I already admitted that I've, I I struggle in that department. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, I'm just saying. You're so like, defensive. I am. I am. Don't attack my manhood. It's yeah. six twenty-eight in the morning here. Yeah. And I haven't even talked about the Leafs to get, a, to get truly offensive yet this morning. Okay, or we'll, defensive. We'll do that after. Offensive and ap- defensive. After 7 o'clock. All right. Uh, the Toronto International Boat Show is returning to the Enercare Center. At Exhibition Place from January 19th to the 28th, we're giving away tickets to the event and ballots for a chance to win the grand prize, a Princecraft fishing boat with a Mercury engine and trailer. We also have our own VIP prize, which includes dinner for two, a $100 shopping spree at the show, and an overnight stay at the Weston Harbor Castle. Just listen for the code words, in our show today till January 19th, then text the code word to 59590. You'll be entered for a chance to win. Today's code word is lake life. We have another code word tomorrow, so be sure to tune in when we come back. All right, we're through to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Uh, another couple of duds as far as competitive football games yesterday, but a lot of fallout when it comes to one of the most interesting Head coaching availability off-seasons, maybe in NFL history. That and more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is what's needed here because something's wrong if you lose six out of your last seven games, including the final one, to go home for the winner. Something is wrong. And it goes, this is Jalen Hurts coming off the field. First got number one on your jersey and number one off the field. There he goes. I, I don't care what the passer rating said. He played a horrible game tonight. He did not play a game like an MVP caliber quarterback should play. Just like I said, this is an epic, epic slide from, from being 10 and 1 to where they are now, winning one game. This is absolutely atrocious. I understand that. But but come on, man. This is this is this is the worst breakdown I've ever seen in my life. But we saw it coming. Yeah, we did see it coming. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to listen to it. I gotta tell the truth. The truth is this team did not belong in the playoff. This team was not ready to be in the playoff. This team right now played the worst football I've ever seen in the past seven weeks. Not ideal. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Annis, Brent Gunning. That was Michael Barkan and Barrett Brooks on Eagles Post Game Live as the Philadelphia Eagles. That wasn't Eagles. Big Dom. I thought that was Big Dom. Big Dom was on the sidelines. Yeah, I know. I figured he was so disgusted with what he saw, he just immediately <sighs> took to a mic. Well, yeah, Big Dom was not the issue, it turns out. Yeah, uh, might have been. <laughs> maybe part of it. I mean, that there was the theory that ever since he departed That's the right. sideline, Things were falling apart for the Eagles. No, it turns out not him. Other things, um, including Jalen Hurts not being at 100%. But, yeah, the, the Eagles are done. After being 10-1 and one this season, they finished the regular season 11-6 and, and losing six of their final seven games of the season, getting blown out 
by Baker Mayfield and the Tampa mm. Bay Buccaneers, who Yuck. were nine and eight during the regular season and won nine nothing against the Panthers team in Week 18 to get into the playoffs. Uh, do you want to start there? Yeah, we have to. I can't remember a team, and you know, we heard it at the tail end of that clip. This was not a. You know, despite what, I don't know, maybe it was you, maybe it was me, despite what somebody on the show was saying about them being a killing machine through 10 weeks. Again, who can who can go back in time and say who thought the Chiefs were good and who right. thought the Eagles were good? Interesting. We, one of those teams is now the third favorite to win the Super Bowl, their second consecutive. The other one is is out um, in the first round after yeah. losing to the NFC South champion. Yeah, I'll get to the NFL uh, paving the way for Patrick Mahomes in a, in a, in a second there. Oh, but, making him go on the road in, in snowy Buffalo next week? Week? No, just bringing bringing the the team that is the most track meet team of all time to the coldest place of all time to play a playoff game. That's all. But that's neither here nor there. And then making sure they get a team that's on short rest because they had to have their game pushed back. But that's neither here nor there. Sticking with the Eagles. I cannot for the life of me remember a team that fell off a cliff in such a big way. We see this in seasons that are longer. Right, we've seen this in baseball, where mm-hmm. you'll you'll see a team get off to some. I haven't seen know, it here in Toronto. Well, but even your twenty-two and six start or something like that, and okay, what is this team really? And then by the time the All Star break rolls around, you go, oh, okay, this is a different mm-hmm. team. We've seen it in hockey, where the regular season is so different from what we see in the postseason. We've seen that at, at times. But rarely does a football team, you know, when a football team falls off the face of the earth in this way. It's almost always quarterback injury or massive stud skill position guy. And, you know, Jalen Hurts was far from healthy, but Mm -hmm. guess what? He played in the game, so he was healthy enough. And I know they're missing A.J. Brown, but guess what? Teams have missed guys before. Just go ask the Eagles when Terrell Owens had to play on a broken leg, basically, to get them to, to the Super Bowl. So we've seen this before. But there was no one thing you could point to and say, this is the reason why this team fell off a cliff. They just fell apart completely coordinators players Jalen Hurts stopped playing well it the was push push didn't work like what well that... I mean they they they, they highlight they, there were moments it didn't work leading up to it but when they go for the tush push on the and this isn't why they lost the game last night so I wasn't even gonna bring it up but it's like that was the clearest face mask of all time it's like you have the whoever it was on the bucks there it's like he's he's still pulling Jalen Hurts back off the goal line by his face mask but guess what it's a lot of holding that goes uncalled. Penalties mm-hmm. missed in the NFL all the time. That is the yeah, play that's been perfect for humanity them. you got a massive humanity on, yeah, it's going to happen on a goal line push. That's yeah, I, it's difficult to officiate. That is the biggest takeaway I continue to have from this Eagles team. Is just I cannot, for the life of me, in any sport, remember a team. Remember a team just completely cratering this way. We've seen okay teams turn to dust. We've seen. Great teams become good. I can't remember the last time, if ever, I've seen something like this. Yeah, and Nick Sirianni and this Eagles team and Jalen Hurts were in a Super Bowl last year, and they did factually end up with 11 wins this year. But this is such an interesting moment in the history of the NFL, like I said before the break, that this might be the the best crop of avail, available head coaches, like without even talking about Mike Tomlin mm-hmm. potentially being available. It was weird yesterday. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Bill Belichick, and we'll get to the Falcons stuff with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, who I get it hasn't been in the NFL for a while, but didn't have a losing season last he was there. Took a, a Niners team to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They lost against his bro. Um, yeah, the, Mike Vrabel, what a I think all round viewed as one of the best. Yeah 
coaches in the NFL. The leader of men. Pete Carroll kind of gets thrown aside yeah, because he's a million years old and yeah. it's it's been a while since they've been super successful in Seattle, but it's been a lot better since they got rid of Russell Wilson. Like and they gave him a fake job as well. They're, he's an advisor. Right. Yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> fine. I, I, I'm I'm sure he would, he yeah, would I think so too. wave goodbye <laughs> to that franchise would. if somebody else wanted to bring him on as a head coach. But it, this is such a singular moment that while you you probably like Nick Sirianni probably goes to Jeffrey Lurie at the end of the season and it says, yeah, okay, we had a rough end of the season, no doubt. And there were some problems there and mm-hmm. we got to figure it out. But track record, like the, I, there's only one team that wins it all. And we were almost that team mm-hmm. against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs a year ago. And yeah, we faltered down the stretch, but we built up so much equity with our strong start and 11 wins that you can't be waving goodbye. But Ooh. if I'm Jeffrey Lurie, I'd be saying, well, two things. One, the available uh, head coaches out there. And two, what happened to this team is so unquantifiable mm-hmm. that it feels like there's a personality conflict there, that this is this is something that could be fixed with a head coaching change. I'm going to throw you a third, is that despite what they showed for, again, half of the season, mm-hmm. that team's too good to go change everything. You're not, did we, do we just decide and Hey, I have my questions about Jalen hurts. We can quibble about where he is in the NFL quarterback rankings, but we just think he forgot to play football. Yeah. He was hurt at the end of the season, but he's not going anywhere. You're not mm-hmm. making a change on who your quarterback is there. Skill position guys. I mean, you know, it's the NFL skill position guys will cry and moan and probably get a new team, but that's not the reason why you're changing things up. Go look at that defense and yeah, they're a little longer in the tooth, but that is still a unit. You saw them. They were getting a Baker at, at various times last night. So that is not necessarily the issue there. I just look at it if I'm Howie Roseman, the GM, or if I'm Jeffrey Laurie, the owner there, I'm saying, uh, what other world is there to improve this team? Mm-hmm. You're not changing. I mean, there will be oh. changes to the personnel, but you have to fire. Even, and I bet you he does think it's Sirianni's fault. I bet he definitely thinks it's Matt Patricia's fault. Yeah. But even if he doesn't, that is the only path to improve in this team. It's not it's internal kind of the growth. Keith uh, argument. Yeah. Uh, oh, if if Sheldon Keefe goes on to win six hockey games the rest of the regular season, then it's the Sheldon <laughs> Keefe argument. Right. I mean, they've lost three consecutive. People were, people were engaging with that yesterday. We'll get to that yeah, after I 7 know. o'clock. But yeah, this is a growing narrative around this team after three consecutive losses, not all of them in regulation either. Um, okay. Uh, last thing on this game for yes. me. Baker Mayfield, he has done a 180 in my mind. This is mm. a guy, you know, as as a, a first-round pick that I, I had difficult time getting behind with the histrionics and the yeah. number of commercials that he was in. It's tough for you. Um, but then <laughs> in this second phase of his career, starting with the, like, showing up with Sean McVay and the Rams and immediately leading a, a last-second drive to win and and becoming the best you know, non-franchise type quarterback, like in the Gardner Gardner Minshew category exactly of quarterbacks. The name I was thinking, I'm like, how but dare like, you disrespect my man Gardner? He's the rich man's Gardner <laughs> Minshew, though, right? Yeah. Like you, you're, you're this. This is a guy that you're not displeased to have. No. Helming your franchise, like you're not winning a Super Bowl mm, no, with no, no, Baker no. Mayfield. No. I mean, I guess, yeah, play the tape back if yeah. the 9 and 8. No, no, I don't think <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I don't think the Bucs are winning a Super Bowl. I'm just saying, you know, Brad Johnson I has, suppose. in fact, won one. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, and, and yeah, 
I, I guess if he if he found himself on one of the best defensive teams in the NFL with all the right weapons and in all in the the perfect situation, I, I suppose it's possible. But yeah, this I'm enjoying the the second act of Baker Mayfield's career. I'm going to go one further. If this version, this mature, this scar tissued, and I don't want to overstate it, like it's not like Baker Mayfield is is uh, you know rolling up with his glasses on the bridge of his nose, like guys, I just got re- done reading a great novel. Like I think he's probably still the similar guy that he was, but. You know, he's had his ups and downs. He's just a slightly different version. I'd even say if this version of Baker, and, you know, there's no way that this guy could have existed in this spot, but if he would have been in Tampa right, right, right after the Brady of it all, this version, Mm -hmm. I think he would have had the moxie, the charisma, and quite frankly, enough game to have kept that machine chugging along in a similar fashion than just the scraping division titles by the string of your teeth because that division's no good. Like, I do think there's a world with with him with that. The other thing with, with Baker is that he, I love that you mentioned the Gardner Minshew of it all because, look, there are the 1A quarterbacks in this league, and, you know, we'll do some of our rankings later in the week, but you're, you're Mahomes, you're Allen, you're Burrow, those guys that we think of as, you know, you can quibble a little bit here or there maybe with each one guy, but... That you have no questions about it. Baker is on that next tier of guys where he has his question marks in terms of, you know, his arm strength, the things like that, his accuracy. But, and I know people are going to roll their eyes at this, but this stuff matters in that league more than any other. It's a leader of men. It very much is the Gardner Minshew effect. The guys see him and they just want to rally mm-hmm. around him. And we've seen this with all different stripes. You know, Fitzpatrick, he had a lot of this at the tail end of his career when he was bouncing around and having six, seven game runs with a ton of places where guys clearly are just gravitated to him. They clearly love playing with him. And I don't know that that was always the case early on when it was first overall pick Baker and everything had to flow through him. But he's growing up, I would imagine, having been out of the spotlight and have to build himself back up. And, you know, for all the questions you can have about his game, and there's definitely questions in there, I think that the the moxie that he is able to provide to a team, especially one like the Bucs, that mm-hmm. kind of, they need that to, to thrive, to go feel like they can, you know, go beat the Eagles in advance. I, I think he is, you know, sometimes we overstate that stuff, but I actually think for a quarterback, it matters so, so much. And he's got it in spades. So does Josh Allen. Big time. Oh, oh, my God. That run. I was just screaming, you sexy hunk at the TV <laughs> when he ran. That's what I yelled. I, I didn't do that. But I, I did. did. I, I said, made a noise. I didn't my, say, you sexy hunk. My wife was in the kitchen <laughs> cooking, and I'm just screaming, oh, you As se- he was flexing oh, in the end you zone? Se- no, I yelled it. The second he split the gap on the two <laughs> well, Steelers to get okay. through, I went, oh, you sexy hunk. That's what I said. It was It was nice. I mean, Steelers obviously are in a tough spot there where it looks like he's going to slide, right? Like, and we can, yeah, there, there was a moment where uh, the Steelers were flagged for a late hit on, yeah. on, on Josh Allen as he was sliding. That's a tough spot, right? Yeah. Like, cause you know, you're, you're, you're screwed if you do screwed if you mm-hmm. don't, but there was some yeah. awful tackling Honestly, by the Steelers in that game. Take Either the way. flag. You're the Steelers. Sure. Be who you are. You're the Steelers. Take Anyways, the flag. Um, he's the first quarterback in NFL history to throw three or more TD passes while rushing for 70 or more yards in a score. Uh, no turnovers, notably. Yeah, that's the most important one. <laughs> for that's Josh actually Allen. the only stat that matters. He could have zero yards, yeah. and I go, but did he turn the ball over? Notably, Steelers, many turnovers, especially in the first half. Should have had one more yep. turnover, which, like, I, I know Al Michaels talking about the ball making contact with Mason Rudolph's face mask. I, I, I didn't see a definitive. No. Uh, picture on that but either way Steelers are who we thought they were like not good enough um and the Buffalo Bills I think 
look like the team that we thought they might look like at the beginning of the season. You can dream on anything if you're a Bills fan, especially if you get that version of Josh Allen. Inverse Eagles, right? Like all the question marks we had about the Bills early on in the year, they lose that funky game to the to the Jets to start things off, and they've been perfect since. I mean, there's no perfect team in the NFL. We still have questions about what they are, and the turnover is still the thing. I think that, you know, not to do our preview of, of Chiefs' Bills here, but I think the thing that he was able to do in that Steelers game because they were in control of it is stay in control. And that is the thing I still worry about most with Josh Allen is if it's shootout against Mahomes and why, why wouldn't it be? I mean, we have the questions about the chiefs offense, but we've seen this movie literally a million times in the, well, not literally, but it feels like a million times in the playoffs between these two. And is Josh Allen going to be able to dial it back just a hair? No, no, he's not. No, but I, I don't oh, know but if you, you think, need that. Okay. I don't know. Josh Allen's at his best is, you know. Swashbuckling he, Brett Favre. Right. And they do have a running game. He, okay. I, I suppose that a, a, a possibility exists that, yeah, they, they build a lead. And, yes, it's more of like game manager Josh Allen and, and picking up some crucial third downs with his legs. This is a guy that, man, I know we think of 13 seconds left, and that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's all that you can remember from that AFC divisional playoff yeah. game. And and the Bills three and one during the regular yep. season against the Chiefs zero and two in the postseason. Mm-hmm. But I, I think of the first one, the first postseason loss. That that was a different Josh Allen. Yep. Josh, the 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 second one is the the one that feels like it's fresh in my memory. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen did everything. No, it wasn't he, his fault. He, he doesn't play defense. He was asked to do. That's the other. Josh he Allen. stared down Patrick Mahomes, and was better than Patrick Mahomes until his head coach handed the game away. Mm-hmm. Uh, with 13 seconds left, like not necessarily with the lack of squib kick, but like the 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 defense that they played mm-hmm. in the final 13 seconds, allowing yep. the Chiefs to to tie the game with the field goal, and, and he never touched the ball in overtime. No, I, I saw a similar thing in the loss they had to the Eagles this year, where he played that game perfectly, and then guess what? Jalen Hurts had the ball at the end, and doesn't that right. feel funny to say now? No, I think this is a sport, maybe more than any other, where clutch exists. Like, I mean, it, it exists in baseball. Like, you can have a clutch moment, mm. but, like, it's not a repeatable skill, right? Like, you just okay. see guys over the course of their careers, given enough opportunities, mm-hmm. all their stats across the board are going to be pretty similar. Yep. You can't tell me that Dak Prescott and, and Josh Allen are the same dudes when, no, God, when no. they get to the postseason. Jury's still out on Lamar Jackson, but yeah, he only has one postseason victory. There, I, I know it hasn't happened yet for Josh Allen, but that's not his fault. I, I really do think that, that Josh Allen deserves his moment in the postseason. Yeah, he absolutely does. And that is why if it's a different version of Josh Allen, and I think there certainly has been strides made, that that's where I still have the question mark of, I'm with you. I don't think you want a neutered Josh Allen where he's just dinking and dunking and taking the most obvious easy throws to make. That is not the best version of Josh Allen. But there's a version between that mm-hmm. and chucking it wherever you want on any given play. And we've seen that version of Josh Allen when it gets to shootout games. Now, we haven't seen that the last eight weeks of the season, quite frankly, from him. I mean, he's had his picks, he's had his moments, but not the one that's come back to bite you. And that's still the question I have about him. And, you know, this is this is the quibbling you have between, again, the guy in Mahomes, who we all think is the best quarterback in the league, mm-hmm. and a guy in Josh Allen, who at worst, people have him, what, fifth? Something mm-hmm. along those lines. That's the quibbling that happens. If I was talking about Josh Allen going toe-to-toe with Lamar Jackson, I'm not having these conversations of is he going to force the ball in there mm-hmm. in the shootout because guess what? Lamar's not proven that either, but I have seen this exact movie with Josh Allen against that exact guy before, and 
And, I, and he passed the test. Well, he passed the test, but it, it, to your point, the clutch stuff matters, but you need to find a way to get the win. And yes, he was able to do it and he was able to answer all those questions. But at the end of the day, he didn't get the last <laughs> score and Mahomes did. And guess what? There are plenty of guys we could talk about of the breaks and this and that. I've done it a million times. I am a massive, massive believer in luck in sports, but I also think you kind of make your own. And the fact that Josh, he, here's the thing. That was the first time we saw Josh Allen play that perfect game in the playoffs and come out on the wrong side of things. If that happens two or three more times, then I think you sit there and go, man, this is what happens when you exist in the same era as Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. But, you know, there's a world where he plays that game and beats this version of Mahomes and the Chiefs this year because, I mean, we've talked about it a million times. Mm-hmm. It's a very diminished version of what they've got going on in Kansas City. Yeah, if, you, if you've... Uh, beat Patrick Mahomes in his first ever postseason road game next week. But yeah, you get through the Chiefs, pick up your first postseason victory against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and you send them home before the AFC Championship game for the first time ever. I mean, my take has always been it's like the rivalry in the AFC is Chiefs-Bengals, not Chiefs-Bills, because Joe Burrow is, you know, he's, he's had some moments. He's in the postseason, I know it didn't go his way last year mm-hmm. against uh, Patrick Mahomes with a high ankle sprain, but like, no, then it is a, a three-headed monster for the next decade in the AFC. That you, you need this to to not be the nail to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' hammer. Yeah, there's definitely something to that, but and I know, like I said, Burrow, yes, has beat him, but one, he's hurt, so it's out of my out of sight, out of mind now. And I think that until one of those guys wins the big one, be it Burrow, be it Allen's, be it Lamar Jackson, if he wants to go ahead and do that this year, I think it's the AFC. It's much like it. Now I'm doing the thing I hate. It's much like the Brady era, where it is not a yeah. There's a there's a Manning there's a Manning Brady mm-hmm. rivalry, but it was it was the Pats against the AFC at large because that was always the team you had to knock off to mm-hmm. to get there. And that is what's happening with the Chiefs right now. It is everybody versus Mahomes. I don't think there is one singular player he has that's a rival. Talk to me next year when Joe Burrow's back, and I'm sure this will all sound very, very silly. Yeah, Burrow's been in a Super Bowl at least. Um, man, the Bills have been in uh, four consecutive Super Bowls as well. Uh, perhaps this is the year they finally win one. All right, when we come back, Leafs on the road to uh, play Alberta before playing British Columbia. Uh, on Hockey Day in Canada. It starts tonight against the Oilers. Is this the real best rivalry in the NHL? That and more next. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.